Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You're holy. You're Lord God Almighty. We give you praise, King of kings, Lord of lords. Worthy of all praise. Worthy of our worship. Worthy of our service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Bless us from your word today, dear Lord. Speak to our hearts. Receive our worship and our praise. Receive our faithful love in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's give the choir a rousing applause. <laughs> Worthy is the Lamb. Best musicians in the world. Praise God for them. First Samuel chapter 13 and verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You've not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. But now the Lord would establish, would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And then in the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 22. And when he had raised, when he had removed him, he raised up from for them David as king. To whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, who will do all my will. How to be a person after God's own heart. Will you say those words after me, please? How to be a person after God's own heart. You may be seated. I've been enthralled and fascinated by these verses for many, many years. It would seem to me that the man described as a person after God's own heart would be at the top of the universe would seem also that this man would be a good role model for all men who would wish the blessings of God to rest on their lives. A man after God's own heart. A man whom God would be looking for. A man whom the heart of God would create. God's concerned about quality. He's concerned about character. And even God does not start with any old thing in developing and choosing his servants. If he, with all his power, 
does not just take any old thing, then we with our negligible power should not start with any old thing when we would choose and select our relationship. All of us should be careful regarding the models that we choose. Look at your name and say, except for me. Be careful regarding the models that you choose. <laughs> God does not just choose any old thing. And God had determined the kind of man that he was looking for. In the same sense, each of us should develop a concept of the kind of person that we will associate ourselves with. We should not let other people make decisions about whether they're going to be in our lives. Those are the decisions that we ought to make regarding who should be in our lives. Don't be so hungry for human relationships that you would just accept any old thing. In some cases, you'd be better off by yourself. Yeah. The Bible says, be better to be alone than to live with a contentious woman. Wow, I don't know why that verse came to me. There are others whom we should never allow into the circle of those who have influence over us. The wrong kind of people in your life can be nothing but detrimental. They're totally unwilling to entertain even the thought of positive change. Their hearts are hard and impervious to any positive influence you might wish to have on them. Try as you might, you can't move them from negative to positive. Try as you might, you won't move them from their hateful spirit and attitude. Keep on loving them, but love them from a distance. Some people you'd be better to catch across the street. Hey, hi. I'm in a, I'm in a rush. I'll see you. I suppose this is what God perceived in the life of King Saul. David's predecessor. Since God rejected Saul because he was not what God was looking for, and he rejected Saul because Saul displeased him, it may be that we, by understanding what the opposite of what Saul did, find out those good qualities that God would have in our hearts. Number one, God rejected Saul because he was no longer little in his own eyes. When Saul was originally chosen, he was so humble and reluctant and insecure that he hid himself and he made himself small in his own eyes. He did not magnify himself. But later on, he was no longer little in his own eyes. This gives rise to questions regarding self-esteem and assertiveness and self-confidence. We should not feel inferior to others. But neither should we feel that we are worth more than other folk are. You are not worth more than anybody else on the face of the earth. Would somebody say praise the Lord? And then everything comes from God. 
real strong people can afford to be nice and humble because you don't really impress me by telling me how big and how tough, how much money you have and how much you know. You impress me by your preferring others above yourself and magnifying and giving glory to God. Am I right about it? Saul was rejected because he was unwilling to operate according to God's schedule. God's servant said, listen, you wait until I get here and I'll bless you and bless your sacrifice and I'll offer a sacrifice. But Saul wouldn't wait on the man of God. He just went ahead on his own and by himself. Listen, you need to trust and wait on God if you want to be a man after God's own heart. But then beyond that, Saul placed material good above obedience to God. He kept the best in disobedience to God's word. And then Saul turned to evil powers for guidance and assistance. He sought the counsel of a witch rather than seeking the counsel of Almighty God. Then he tried to hurt and block and stop the one whom God had chosen. Listen, if you see God blessing in somebody's life, don't you dare put anything negative on them, but praise God for what God is doing and pray for that person because not only is it a blessing to be chosen by God, but it's also an, a challenge and many times a complex plight to be chosen by God because when God chooses you, the devil declares war against you. And when God chooses you, you're challenged beyond your own capacity and ability to do whatever it is God has selected you to do. So Saul was rejected because he tried to kill what God had blessed. When he found out that David was God's man, he tried to kill and destroy God's man. The child of God, listen, don't you be found to be one who fights against someone whom God has selected. And then Saul never really changed. If you change, sometimes you can get blessed and you can get out of your dilemma. But if you are fixed on staying and being what you were, that God punished you for and that God rejected you for, you'll never receive the blessing of the Lord. These are the characteristics that disqualified Saul from being a person after the heart of God. And so everybody ought to want to be a person after God's heart. People who are after God's heart are blessed people indeed. People who are on God's heart get elevated. They get anointed. People who are after God's heart are prospered. People who are after God's heart get protected. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. People who are on God's heart, after God's heart, get identified with God. So that if you mess with them, it's like messing with God himself. People who are after God's heart receive special miracles from God. And so all of us ought to be inspiring God, let me be what you'd have me to be. Let my life be as you would have my life to be. Let my mind, my heart, my will be as yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. 
So the Bible says that David was a man after the heart of God. And from the moment that God selected him, David was on the fast track to success. God started putting him not only on his own heart, but he started putting David on the hearts of other people. Saul needed an anointed musician after, to bring peace to his disturbed spirit. And somebody recommended David. And David was such a blessing to Saul that Saul not only chose David to be his musician, he chose David to be his armor bearer. An armor bearer carried the additional weapon for the soldier officer and frequently fought by that soldier's side. So David fought by the side of Saul. He soon became chairman of the joint chiefs of staff of the nation of Israel. For 1 Samuel 18 and 5 says that David went out whithersoever Saul sent him. And David behaved himself wisely and Saul sent him over the men of war and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Listen, when God loves you and when God chooses you, people who might not otherwise even had anything to do with you began loving you and supporting you and following you. Somebody ought to say amen. But when Saul became jealous of David and did everything he could to kill David, God protected David. The Lord did all this for David because David was a man after God's heart. David killed a lion, killed a bear, and then he killed Goliath. He became Israel's greatest warrior, and he became Israel's greatest king because he was a man after the heart of God. I said it before, when a man's ways please the Lord, God makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And so listen, our focus does not need to be on people as much as it does need to be on God. And when you are focused on God, God goes to work. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Some of you have good things flowing in your life. You have blessings flowing in your life. You've been trying to please God and do God's will. And all of a sudden, miracles are taking place that you did not expect, that you could not take credit for. Good things are coming into your life. Blessings are coming into your life. The reason all this is happening is not because you're so great, but because you love God and you're serving God and you're giving glory to the name of God. Hallelujah. When you are a person after God's heart, God provides for you. David was rich. David was so rich, he gave a single building fund gift of $100 million $695,000 in one plot. The equivalent of money in that day to money in this day was over $100 million. How many would like to be able to do that? But would you do it? If God were to bless you, David was the kind of man who would just give God anything. And when he saw the need for God's work and for God's temple, 
He gave $100 million. That's one of the reasons that David was a person after the heart of God. It's because he was generous. And God fixed it so that his descendants ruled Israel for many generations. Then God arranged things so that Jesus was called the son of David because David was in the messianic lineage. He was in the lineage of those who were ancestors of the Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords. All this proves that God does special things for the person who is after his own heart. So everybody ought to want to be a person after the heart of God. Not seeking to be what you want to be, but what God would have you to be. Because knowing when you do the will of God and when you please God, God pours blessings into your life. But then another reason that he was a person after God's own heart was because God saw something in his heart. 1 Samuel 16 and 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance. Don't look at the height of his stature. I refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So this verse indicates that when God looked at the heart of Saul, he did not find in Saul's heart what he wanted. But when he looked at the heart of David, God does not look on the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. He saw something that he loved, something in which he was impressed. And so the first step in becoming a person after God's own heart is to work on your heart. When God checks you out, God starts with your heart. And listen, your heart and its condition is up to you. You can determine the kind of heart that you would have. But Proverbs 16 and 1 says, the preparations of the heart belong to man. And that could be taken to mean that with God's help, all of us can work on our hearts. But then Psalm 51 and verse 10 says something else. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Come on, lift up your hands and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Lord, help me to have the kind of heart that you are pleased with that you can bless. Come on, tell the Lord, yes, Lord, to your will. Hallelujah. David had a good heart. It was a courageous heart. David was willing to risk his life for the glory of God. He fought against Goliath, the greatest warrior in the, the realm of the Philistines. He fought against Goliath and defeated Goliath. All of the soldiers in Israel were unwilling to stand before Goliath, but he had courage. David had courage and a heart devoted unto the Lord. And so Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. But not only did David have a courageous, have a courageous heart, David had a loving heart. David was a good friend to many people. And then David loved the Lord's people. The Lord lets us know that we cannot love him without loving people. We cannot be really committed to him without being committed unto people. And if we don't love our brothers 
whom we see every day, how can we love God whom we have not seen? A person after God's own heart knows how to treat people. He knows how to love people. And he becomes a person after the heart of God. Not only did David have a loving heart, David had a repentant heart. And God loved him because he knew how to repent. Someone might say, how could David be a person after the heart of God? David committed adultery. He killed the, the husband of his lover. And that was a great and evil and a disgraceful sin that David committed. And so you might say, how could he be a person after the heart of God? But he could be a person after God's own heart because he had a repentant heart. When he sinned, he knew how to get back in touch with God. When he did wrong, he went to God openly, honestly, and said, against thee and thee only have I sinned, and I've done this great evil in your sight. Purge me with hyssop. Create in me a clean heart. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And listen, that's what we all need to learn how to do. You cannot be so righteous and so good that you don't need to repent. And if you have not repented in the last few days, then that's because you don't understand that, listen, we are inevitably coming short of the will of God. We are inevitably unable to be the person and live the life that God would have us to live. Even when we are righteous, the Bible says all of our righteousness is like filthy rags. But listen, when you go to God and say, God, wash me, cleanse me. I'm sorry for the life I've lived. I'm sorry for the wrong I've done. If I've hurt anybody, if I've spoken out of place, if I've entertained a wicked thought, Lord, forgive me. And listen, when we ask God to forgive us, God will forgive us. You cannot have a good relationship with God, and you can't have a good relationship with people. If there's baggage in your relationship, there are unreconciled differences, unforgiven acts and deeds that have been done creates a loss of relationship. But listen, when you clean up the relationship by telling people, I wronged you, and I'm sorry, and by telling God, Lord, I'm so sorry that I failed you. I should have spoken for you on the other day. I entertained an evil thought and a hateful thought, but Lord, forgive me and give me another chance. Come on, raise your hands and say, Lord, forgive me and give me another chance. Psalm 51 and verse 17 says, For the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart you will not despise. When you go to God with heart broken and spirit humble, God has a way of reaching out and lifting you up out of the trap and the problem and the dilemma that you are in. When you go to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. In Psalm 51 and verse 3, the psalmist said, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you and you only have I sinned. 
and done this great evil in your sight. That was the prayer that David prayed when he stood before God. And when David prayed that prayer, God stepped into his life, put his arms around him, and began to take David higher than he'd ever gone before. I dare you to try. I dare you to go before God and say, Lord, I love 